following program is brought to you by your friends at TheForce.net. Oh, Maxi bit The Force. And RebelScum.com. You Rebel Scum. The galaxy is listening. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Forcecast, your weekly dose of Star Wars news and much more. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. All systems have been alerted to your presence, sir. Check it out, Corporal. Roger, Roger. Now it's time for the weekly Forcecast. We would be honored if you would join us. I tell you, the Force cast has persevered through difficult circumstances before, but we're redefining it tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So glad to have you with us. You're here in the right place. We are the weekly Force cast this week for February 4th, 2011. My name is Jason, and with me, my good friend... <laughs> I don't know what that was. You fell <laughs> off the chair already. <laughs> My good friend and yours from a very icy, snowy Chicago, Jimmy Mack. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. That's right. I, I'm in the Wampus Land right now here in icy, snowy Chicago. Uh, typically, um, I'm in my studio. Today, tonight, I'm actually in my walk-in closet in my bedroom because this is where we discovered we get a good Skype connection, at least good enough for now. Good enough for now, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> now, good. Now, we actually, right when we hit the theme, I noticed that my, my connection became poor. So I had gotten up and walked around. I, I left the closet. We'll just call it the Wampus Lair from this point forward because the snowstorms here in Chicago are just absolutely brutal. So I got up to get a better connection and go walk by my wireless hub and everything. And on the way back to uh, the Wampus Lair, I tripped over my computer cord, <laughs> which is plugged into the wall outside in my bedroom. So that, that was the, the loud noise you just heard. And uh, I hope I'm coming through here loud and clear over the comlink. No, you are. You definitely are. You definitely good, are. Good. Yeah, I think you, you sound. You sound great. You sound great. And uh, we're glad that. I mean, seriously, guys. I mean, this is this is serious stuff. You were just telling me uh, earlier tonight, Jim, about your boys have the day off school tomorrow. The first time there's a snow day in their school district in how long? Seventy years. This is the first snow day in seventy years for their school district, and it's not like we don't get snow. We get plenty of snow here every winter, but they're just stubborn, and they just decided, you know, we do get snow every year, so the kids are going to tough it out. This time, however, all schools are out, and uh, you know, we we tough it out here when when it snows because uh, life must go on. We can't let every little snowstorm slow us down. But this one is just overwhelming. I just looked outside. Uh, my dog was out there. And, uh, you know, you think the Tauntauns freeze before they reach the first marker. <laughs> you should have seen this guy. He was out there for 30 seconds and came running back in with icicles hanging off of his ears. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough night here in Illinois. But um, I'm, I'm nice and warm and toasty here doing the force cast and, and glad to be here for sure. Well, we're glad that you're here and we're, we're really grateful that uh, – despite all of the barriers and obstacles that you're 
that your dedication, your dedication to the Forcecast has uh, has paved the way for you to be here. So we really appreciate that. So let's get started. We have so much to talk about, guys. It is a jam-packed show. So excited to uh, to talk about uh, all of the things that have sort of uh, broken and um, over the last week since we were with you the last time. This first thing, uh, we've got an email here from Jacob in Mexico, longtime uh, Faithful Forecast listener, and he has a suggestion, and he sent us a poem and Jim, uh, you're probably best one to uh, take it from here. Yeah, Jacob in New Mexico sent us a poem. He says after he saw the Sabajo Press trilogy, he was so inspired, he thought he'd write a little poem to sum up the episodes. And I read it. I loved it. And I wanted to read it to everyone tonight. But I figured, why should we read it when we have a direct line to Obi-Wan Kenobi himself? So I fired off a, a message over the comm link to Ben Kenobi out in his hut on Tatooine, and uh, maybe we could throw it to him right now. Hello, Ben. Why, thank you, Jason and Jimmy. I have a poem by Jacob in New Mexico. Jacob writes, The Clone Wars is an impressive show, with three episodes in a row. At first we saw Dooku's betrayal. He gave Ventress a kicking in the tail. So she went to her old home, where she was free to roam. Witches were there, for Ventress they would care. Dooku needed a new apprentice to help him be very relentless. Little did he know Ventress would pick it. How very sick and wicked. The witches made Opress very strong, so he could last very long. Savage killed his own brother. How could he? They used to know each other. Dooku trained Savage Opress. Capturing Katunko would be a test. When he returned, Ventress was there, giving Dooku a mean, mean stare. They all lived after the fight, escaping free and out of sight. Savage learned of his brother. Who is this other? We'll have to wait and see. But I wonder, who could it be? Ooh. <laughs> We're left to wonder. Wow, that was awesome. Big thanks to James Arnold Taylor for taking the time out to do that. And a special thanks to Jacob as well for uh, writing it and sending it along. Showing good promise there, Jacob. Absolutely. And and it just goes to show you that Forcecast listeners are some of the most creative listeners in all of podcasting. So thank you, Jacob. And if you have an idea for a Star Wars poem or any other creative ideas you might have, be sure to send it to us at Forcecast at Forcecast.net. All right. Uh, Not only are they creative, Jim, but Forcecast listeners are very, very generous. And this has been on our list to do for weeks now. And uh, I just I said, I don't care if we get to anything else in the show. I'm going to thank these folks. And, Jim, you don't know about these. No, I don't. What do you, you got? You don't know about these. Well, opening up the Forcecast mailbag, and uh, first thing here, this is from Ryan Kirkpatrick of Norristown, Pennsylvania. He sent us a little care package here. And uh, let's see. He says, sorry I couldn't get at this out in time for Christmas, but I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. Hope that you had a great Christmas and you got a few cool Star Wars gifts. He says, every time I go to Disney, I try to get a few collectible pins to add to my collection. While I was looking around, I saw these two, and I thought they would be perfect for you and Jimmy. Yours is the one with Mickey as a stormtrooper. Now I'm going to look at these pins. These pins are awesome. Oh, these are man. like super high quality enamel 
uh, pins. Jim, you don't have the live feed up, do you? By chance, no. I'm going to show the I'm going to show the folks that are watching live here. Uh, let's see. This is Mickey in his. Uh, it's kind of hard to see. It's a little dark. I keep it dark in the Palatial Forecast Studios. Uh, yeah, you can't see that at all. Well, anyway, we'll post the uh, we'll post the photos up of the uh, of the loot uh, on our website at forecast.net. But anyway, I got uh, the one of Mickey as a rebel pilot. Uh, that's the one for you, Jim, and it's oh. and it's beautiful. So you got Mickey as a rebel pilot. He's holding his helmet down at his side. You got X wings in the background. Uh, it's really really sharp. I mean, these are really nice pins, and. Uh, I got Mickey and Mickey as a storm. Tr- <laughs> I got this is great. This is Mickey as a stormtrooper and Minnie as Princess Leia. And it says, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Oh, that's Very perfect appro- for you. <laughs> Very appropriate. Um, he says, uh, he says, oh, it, that is a, a kind of a flashback to the pod troopers video. It's Celebration 4 where I course was tormented with the aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper catchphrase everywhere i went when i was clad as a uh, as a proud temporary member of the 501st uh but anyway he says jimmy always says that episode four is his favorite and the rebel pilot costume always makes me think of that movie which is a figure that since august was your first visit to disney you probably haven't seen these before so i hope they make an interesting addition to your collections the force cast means so much to me and i want to thank you and everyone involved for delivering such great content each week. Meeting the whole Forcecast crew at Celebration 5 was amazing, and I can't wait to see you all again, maybe at Fan Days. Uh, so uh, may the Force be with you, Ryan Kirkpatrick, which is awesome. So, Ryan, big, big thanks to you. That was very unnecessary, but, of course, very welcome. So, Jim, I will be sending this off to you, Mickey, as a Rebel Pie. This is very Jimmy Mac, I have to say. <laughs> And, well, uh, I have the live feed up. Why don't you Why don't you hold it up so I could take a peek at it here? All right, let's see. As I, I sit in the Wampas lair, I and I also want to say that um, I did pick up some great Star Wars Disney collectibles when we were out at C five. And uh, oh, look at that! That's fantastic. That'll adorn a, a sharp place. I'm going to put together a, a new Disney Star Wars display in my Star Wars room, and I'll take photos of it once I've completed it, and that will adorn a proud spot within the display. Oh, and then there's yours. Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? Ha 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 ha! Oh, Minnie! Ha, ha. <laughs> all right, we could go on all night like this. All right, I have another one, and and, and this is a little selfish uh, because. I hate to say, Jim, there's nothing in it for you. Sorry. Very sorry. But this is uh, to me. This is from uh, Paul Trad. Paul Trad says, uh, I was doing some Star Wars related house cleaning and couldn't bear the thought of sending the enclosed cap off to Goodwill. I get a tear just thinking about this thing going to Goodwill. It says, I have a friend who works at Industrial Light and Magic who passed this along to me some years ago. They were given to the special effects crew for Revenge of the Sith. I thought it should go to a Star Wars fan, and you immediately jumped to mind. Consider it a very small token of appreciation for your fantastic podcast. And uh, what I got here, according to, uh, according to Paul, this was, this, this was a hat. It's a red hat. It's got a Revenge of the Sith kind of a... An early, looks like an early Revenge of the Sith Vader logo on it. See if I can, there, we'll show this to the live chat. This is a very, very cool hat. And I guess it was just given to folks that work for ILM. And so I think I'll wear it for the rest of the show. Hold on. 
Oh, that's that's good looking. Oh, and it's good too because I have a large head, and it's it's the kind that has the uh, the elastic on the back, sort of the one size fits all. Yeah. So uh, very big thanks to Paul. That was awesome. And Paul's also he he talks about um, he has a a uh, syndicated cartoon that he does. It's called That a Baby. He says it's loosely or not so loosely based on my wife and I raising our son, the boy who wouldn't sleep. <laughs> Although the comic is based on that proven formula, babies plus poop jokes equals comedy gold. I've been surprised how many Star Wars references have already popped up. Some samples enclosed I thought you might enjoy. And I, I have enjoyed these. I want to get these posted uh, on our website and on our Facebook page. They are really funny, especially for you, those of you that are parents of small children. I mean, it, he... He nails it, let me tell you. Actually, you know what? I don't think the hat's going to work. Keeps, it keeps hitting the microphone, but it's a beautiful hat, and I'm going to wear this. Um, in fact, my Star Wars Celebration 5 hat, is, uh, it's, it's seen better days. You know, the black hat? Uh, or No, that was mm-hmm. the C4 hat. Excuse me, the C4 hat that we got. Um, so this is great, because I've been needing a, Star Wars, a new Star Wars cap. And the fact that this was just available for the ILM guys, that's incredible. Jim, I feel yeah. I feel bad. I feel bad, but I, I I know you well enough to know you got plenty of ball caps. Plenty. Oh yeah, well I have I have the classic Yoda ears hat which I wore <laughs> during uh, Ashley's fashion show at C five, and uh, you, once I put that on my head, you, you gotta you gotta fight me to get that off. Right, 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 right. The lighting in here is terrible, guys. Apologize, those watching live. It's terrible. All right, let's see. Last one here we have. This is from Cindy Boven, a.k.a. Jar Jar Jedi in the Forcecast chat from uh, Wads- Wadsworth, Ohio. Just a stone's throw here. Oh, this is great. This, is, this applies to both of us, Jim. She says, hello, Jason and Jimmy. On behalf of the Ohio Garrison, I just want to say welcome to the 501st Legion. Included are your Christmas presents. Yes, yes, it's February. Just getting to this. Uh, to help you start your collection of 501st merchandise. There is an Ohio garrison for each of you to start your patch collection. So we each get the, uh, let's dig in here into the box. We each get, oh, here we go, here we go. The uh, Ohio garrison patches. This is very nice. You you and I each get one of those, Jim. Um, Cool. says you can trade them with other 501st members or keep them for your collections. There's also an Ohio garrison pin ready to sport as flair on a lanyard or even on your shirt at any Star Wars event. Lastly, there is an Ohio Garrison shirt for you, Jason. Sorry, Jimmy. I guess they didn't have one for you. Yeah. To wear at any event where the 501st... You wouldn't fit in this shirt uh, anyway, Jim. Trust me. Um, (laughs) She's... (laughs) She says, I've been listening to the Forcecast for nearly two years. I first learned of you guys before I went to the Fanboy screening in Columbus. So I guess you could say that I was uh, that, that was the first show I listened to. That was a fun show, man. Remember, we recorded that in person. My God, we were can, together, you hanging out was, in Columbus. can you believe that was two years ago? Two years ago. Yeah, that's right. It was yeah. February, wasn't it? Yeah, can you believe that? Uh, she says, I'm glad that I got to talk to you guys at Celebration 5 and enjoy the time that I got to spend with other Forcecast fans. On a final note, since you guys love the 501st Bash at C5, if either of you are ever at an event that the Ohio Garrison is hosting, a party or dinner afterwards, as honorary members of the 501st Legion, you are more than welcome to come along. Many honorary members who have joined us before can agree there is no party like an OG party. 
Ain't no party like an OG party. <laughs> Merry Christmas and keep up the good work. That's from Cindy. And so, Jim, what I have to send to you is I, I have um, I have a patch, an Ohio Garrison patch, and an Ohio Garrison pin. I'll send your way, even though, you know, you're from Illinois and all. But I'll send these your huh. way. And uh, I also got a T-shirt for myself, which is great. Oh, yeah, that's going to fit nicely. So huge thanks to everybody that, again, so not necessary, but very much appreciated. Love to get loot. Thank you. I have to get a a care package off to Jimmy Mac here very shortly. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. We got that. I I feel so much better having gotten that off my chest. Um, (laughs) You know, something else that uh, we, we just got, this is, this was, talk about a gift. Uh, there are gifts and there are gifts, and this was a, an incredible gift. We got an email from our good buddy, Major Yancey. Now, we talked to you, uh, actually, Jimmy, You this was your highlight. One of your highlights of the year that was 2010 in Star Wars was meeting Yancey. Absolutely, and uh, we recap this on our year-end review show but essentially what had happened was me and Jason were hanging out at the force cast booth at C five and uh, a dude comes up to us in a wheelchair and he's this great soldier who fought overseas. And um, unfortunately he had lost part of his leg. And to me, he was so inspiring because instead of complaining about it, instead of moaning about it, all he wanted to do was get his prosthetic fitted and get back to being a soldier. And I was so inspired by him. Um, By the end of our conversation, the only thing I could think of doing was hugging him and thanking him for being a real Jedi. Because that, to me, he is a real Jedi. And it just humbles me to think that here he is fighting the good fight overseas listening to the force cast and i mean to me that (laughs) is incredible so i found him to be extremely inspiring and i gave him a general grievous minibus and i told him you know what i want you to have this because general grievous also uses prosthetics and he kicks ass (laughs) and i i told that story to matt wood too he thought it was fantastic so uh yancey is definitely an inspiring force cast listener well, apparently Yancey heard the year interview show. We got an email from him. We haven't heard from him since Celebration 5. So uh, I want to share this with you. Uh, he, I, I do want to say, in fairness, he does mention a couple of different times about reading this on the air. So we're not really talking out of school here. So I think uh, uh, he understands that, you know, Jimmy and I, we lead our Star Wars lives in public. So anything people send to us, it's fair game. But he writes, uh, Jason and Jimmy, I don't know what to say other than to say thank you so very much. I was moving into an apartment here in San Antonio, Texas, and I hadn't been able to listen to the forecast in quite a while, so I was catching up on episodes during the move. As I'm unpacking a box listening to the 2010 year-in-review show, I hear you guys start talking about your most memorable moments, and then I hear my name. I must admit that what you said was truly amazing, and I can't begin to tell you how much that meant to me. I wasn't able to come back to your table at C5 because of my weakness. I was only able to stay at the show each day for a couple of hours before I had to return to the hotel for much-needed rest and meds. I wanted to say thank you one more time for the Grievous mini-bust and for getting Kyle to sign the copy of Fanboys you gave me. I also wanted to thank Kyle for that autograph and a picture he and Jamie took with me a couple days later. So again, a huge thank you for that day and the way too kind words you said live on your show. And if you could, please pass that on to Kyle as well. Consider it passed on. 
says, I was told, um, oh, he goes in to talk about, uh, you know, the cancer treatment, it can have a lot of different effects on different people. And he said he was told that he could have temporary hearing loss. And in some cases, it can be permanent as a result of this treatment. He says, well, I have the luck of the Irish. Or should I say, if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. (laughs) I have severe hearing loss in both ears, but more so in my left ear. He says, it's amazing. Ten years in the infantry as a mortarman, and then over the last eight years as an officer serving in combat arms, I've done four deployments, excuse me, I've done four deployments to Iraq, and I've managed to have really good hearing. And seven months of chemotherapy wiped it out. For the, <laughs> He goes, now for the good news about this. So he, he talks about how when they give you these hearing tests, they have different levels of hearing. He says there are six different levels, uh, levels one and two, primarily men's voices, three and four, women's voices, five and six, heavy machinery, concerts, that sort of thing. So he's lost four through six in his left ear and five through six in the right ear. He says, the good news, I can't hear women's voices. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even have to use selective hearing anymore. I actually have a medical condition. So (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love the sense of humor. I love it. It's great. Um, He does give us an update on what's been going on with him since we last heard. He says on September, on September 18th, My unit sent me to the Center for the Intrepid in San Antonio, Texas, Fort Sam Houston. He says, this is without a doubt the best rehab center possibly in the world. In the four months that I've been here, I've put on 20 pounds. I lost 30 pounds during my amputation and chemotherapy. So he's almost back up to his fighting weight. He says, I have started walking for short periods of time on my prosthetic, and I'm continuously challenged every day and more. I have started whitewater kayaking something I had never done before and actually just returned from the Pan Am Championships in Mexico where I competed in the men's uh, para K1 whitewater kayaking and won a silver medal for Team USA. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Un- still serving his country, still representing the US of A. He says, I've started distance swimming, rock climbing, and so much more. And remember, all of this is without my prosthetic. The sky is the limit with this facility and its amazing staff. You know, he, I'm sure the staff is is wonderful, but you know what? The sky is the limit when you have an attitude like Yancey. Yes. That's really what it is. Uh, he says, every day I see wounded servicemen and women performing astonishing feats with much more severe wounds than mine. If any of you are ever in the San Antonio area while I'm here, please contact me. I'll give you a tour. My day consists of one and a half hours in the pool, one to two hours of physical therapy, and one to two hours of recreational therapy, kayaking, hand biking, wheelchair polo, rock wall climbing. <laughs> you know, I, a, I, I mean, I want to know what my day is like. <laughs> nothing is going to slow him down. Yancey is a Jedi. He is a Jedi. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Just, it's just crazy. Uh, he says, uh, let me close on a good note. Uh, he says, I've decided what I'm going to do when I get out of the army. He said, I was throwing a couple of different things around Walmart greeter, the head fry guy at McDonald's. I was the head fry guy at Burger King once. He says, but I've decided I'm just not going to wear my prosthetic and I'm going to work at IHOP. Get it? IHOP. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, as always, I hope this finds each of you doing well, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It's not how fast you go, but how little you slow down. Wow. Yancey. Amazing. 
Incredible Amazing. stuff. And he hasn't lost his sense of humor. And that that's what also empowers him. He's uh, what a great guy. I mean, so much, you know, so much stronger than, than I am. He's, he's got cancer. He's uh, using a prosthetic and he still has all the energy to do this. He sent us some great photos of him out on the ice playing uh, sled hockey and um, <laughs> mono skiing and it, incredible. So I, uh, I sense there's going to be a blog post coming up here very soon at forcecast.net where I'm going to feature this email and some of his photos, because like I said, how truly inspiring I uh, was emailing back and forth with Yancey earlier this week and he tells me that he was going to try to stop by the Forcecast live chat room tonight. I don't know if he's in there but uh, if he is, be sure to say hi and 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 send your positive vibes through the Force to him. Uh, what, a, what a strong guy, what an inspiring guy and it just shows you that it doesn't matter how many licks you take and, and how many times you get knocked down. You can always pick yourself up and achieve greatness and that is truly what this man is doing. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And uh, and like I said, I'm sure that the uh, staff there, I'm so glad to hear that he's getting amazing treatment because you tend to not hear about those things, Jim. You always hear about when the stuff doesn't go the way it's supposed to when it comes to the way our servicemen and women are treated either, uh, you know, during their their time in combat or or after if they're wounded and that sort of thing. And it's so nice to hear somebody say, no, you know, it's going it's going great. It, it's really they're really doing great by me, but I'm sure it, it has much more to do with his tremendous attitude. And uh, I'm sure he's an inspiration to all of those around him. I know he's an inspiration to us here at the Forcecast. So we look forward to bringing you, we could do a podcast just dedicated to what Yancey's doing, uh, the further adventures of Major Yancey. And uh, Yancey, please keep in touch. And like Jim said, if he's in the chat, wish him all the best. <laughs> This is Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian. It's time for the quote of the week. I have confirmation from uh, our buddy Eric moderating the chat that Yancey in the house. Yes. Hello, Yancey. Yancey in the house tonight. So um, for those of you guys watching live, I apologize. I don't have the uh, usual fancy graphics tonight. Uh, we just, uh, you know, thanks, Ustream. <laughs> uh, well played uh yeah it's just not playing well with us tonight but that's all right it's 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 not uh it's not the fancy graphics that matter around here all right billy d quote of the week this week we got an oldie but a goodie here one that we featured before but i guess you could consider this a greatest hit right jim well, no, I don't think so, Jason. I, I think you might be getting confused because this is something we've never featured as the Billy D. Quote of the Week because it actually is not Billy D. Williams himself. Really? All right. So we, but we have talked. I'm not totally insane. We have played this on this show at some point, right? Maybe we have played the clip, but we never featured it as the Billy D. Quote of the Week. And I just wanted to because we received a, an email from Shane Donnelly who says, and Shane's from Australia. So he says, hey, mate. Pretty sure you've had this on the Billy D quote of the week. Thought I'd send a link to you just in case. And it's a clip from Family Guy called The Cool Side of the Pillow. <laughs> and the reason we never actually featured it as the Billy D quote of the week is because for this particular case, they didn't actually get Billy D to do the voice work. But I wanted to play it because we've received so many requests over the years of people wanting this to be featured as the Billy D quote of the week. I just figure what the heck, let's just do it. It's family guy from a number of years ago, Billy D the cool side of the pillow. 
Don't you talk to her like that. Meg's as cool as the other side of the pillow. He flips the pillow over. Billy D. Williams. Hello, Peter. Welcome to the cool side of the pillow. You've had a hard day. Rest that weary head of yours and drift on off to dreamland. <sighs> Works every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shane's not the only one that, th that thought that this was uh, actually Billy D. Remembers it as actually being Billy D. And as a, as a quote of the week, I myself thought that too. It's a testament to whoever it was. I don't know if that was Seth MacFarlane or not, but uh, in my memory, I'm hearing Billy D. But it's not oh. Billy D. Yeah, that, that's clearly not Billy D. Right. Williams. It's still cool. It's, uh, you know, Peter's in his bed and he, he flips the pillow over and Billy D.'s face is in the pillow. <laughs> so it's ridiculous. You can see the clip on YouTube and probably a number of other places. But the Billy D. Quote of the Week segment wouldn't be complete unless we actually did feature the man, the myth, the legend, Lando Calrissian himself, Billy D. Williams. We have an email here from Will. And Will says, a couple of buddies and I are in the final weeks of post-production on an independent film we've been making for six years. And suffice to say that cabin fever rears its head in the editing room in a variety of interesting ways. One of the latest trends has been to leave our Sounds of Star Wars book in an easily accessible spot at the center of the room, queued up to sound number 131, and to press the play button at a humorous and or appropriate time. 131 is a classic. I highly recommend you check it out and hit the button early and often. So... That piqued our uh, curiosity, and of course, I have. A he never copy mentions of... in the email what the quote is. No, no, no. He, he. That's it. He just he he kind of tickles our curiosity a little bit. So yeah. I went rushing to my copy of the Great Sounds of Star Wars book, which features hundreds of sounds from the film. Actually, you can actually hear them. There's a microchip in the book. You press play, and you can flip through all these different sounds, cue them up, and read the story behind them. Ben Burt genius and uh in some cases it's not ben burt's work but we're actually hearing dry dialogue from the films themselves so here is billy d quote of the week sound number 131 from the sounds of star wars book it's not my fault <laughs> <laughs> and i love the little the little punctuation of chewy there at the end did it did it early and often jason it's not my fault all right well the next time we lose you on the skype connection that's what you're gonna hear it's not my fault. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Should have it queued up here in the Palatial Forecast Studios. Great suggestion, Will, and a great a great quote of the week, of course. And uh, if you've got a Billy D quote of the week, I guess it doesn't even have to really be Billy D, but it's got to be either from or inspired by the great Billy D. Williams. <laughs> Send it to us, Forcecast at Forcecast.net. Subject line, Billy D. This is the Weekly Forcecast. Let's go out with something really hot for these folks. A big hit out of 77. Ah, Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them in. Ah, Star Wars. If they should bar wars, please let these Star How about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, 
Darth Vader in that black and evil mask. Did he scare you as much as he scared me? Star Wars goes here in Star Wars. My seventh winner up here, Star Wars. The galaxy is listening. All right, Star Wars in pop culture for this week, where we look at Star Wars references found outside the Star Wars universe. And, of course, that intro was very appropriate because we've got, uh, we've got a reprise. Bill Murray, the lounge singer, is back, baby. Yeah, that's right, Jason. I learned about this in the latest issue of Star Wars Insider, issue 123 for February, March 2001. On page 13 in their launch pad section... I see the headline, Encore, Bill Murray sings a Star Wars song again. At only 19 seconds, it's mighty short, but this candid video of Bill Murray entertaining himself and the cast and crew between shots on the set of the movie Get Low shows he's still not forgotten his legendary performance from that Saturday Night Live skit from all those years ago. So I immediately punched up the link and heard this. War goes near and far. He sounds great. He still he still sounds the same. He still got the pipes, man. He can. My bl- seventh winner up here. <laughs> All right, that's hilarious. That's that awesome. is hilarious. So Bill Murray All getting years in later. touch with getting in touch with his roots there from you know that classic Saturday Night Live bit from the seventies. Now here's something a little more recent. We received a lot of emails from this, but I'm going to feature uh, Mike. Mike sent us an email that says, "I was watching FX Networks last night and saw a preview for the new season of Justified. Actor Timothy Oliphant plays Kentucky Marshal Raylan Givens. He's sitting at a table and he's talking to a criminal, and he's actually explaining the scene between Han Solo and Greedo before he shoots him." Oliphant was a bad guy and live free or die hard. And also uh, Forcecast listeners might remember him from that uh, great show. <laughs> and I'm spacing the name of it. It's uh, 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 the, the Western. Remember? No, Deadwood. Deadwood. Deadwood, Deadwood, Deadwood of course. And another Star Wars connection here, Jim. What's that? George Lucas went on record saying Deadwood was one of his favorite TV series of all time. Yes, yes, I do. Deadwood fan, uh, the notorious GL. So um, I went and tracked down the promo, and here it is for your listening enjoyment. You know what this reminds me of? Star Wars. The scene where Han Solo shoots that green fellow in the cantina. Did you know that in the original version, Han shoots first, but then they changed it so that the bad guy pulls on Han first? There we go. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, <laughs> and art imitates art. So that's yeah, just right. That Justified season two of Justified premieres Wednesday, February 9th at 10 p.m. on FX. So check it out for that great Star Wars. Reference. That is a cool Star Wars in pop culture moment right there. They take something that amongst fans has been a bit controversial and they turn it into something really cool like that. Yeah. So maybe uh, you would say that uh, Timothy Oliphant punked that guy, right? He punked him. 
Do, do you smell a segue coming up here, Jason? <laughs> I just might. You know, speaking of punked. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Ashton Kutcher was on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno last week. And uh, he had a great story about meeting the notorious GL, George Lucas himself, at a New Year's Eve party on this ritzy-titsy $3 million yacht. And, you know, that's the type of uh, crowds people like Ashton Kutcher, Demi Moore, and, of course, George Lucas runs with. So let's uh, throw it to The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and hear what it was like for Ashton Kutcher to meet one of your idols and one of my idols and apparently one of Ashton's idols. And so it was this other Russian guy who was throwing a, a New Year's party and he had the Black Eyed Peas playing at the New Year's party. At live, his party. At the party for like 300 people, right? Wow. So it was like a private concert for 300 people. And so I'm like saucing it up, like doing yeah. a you know, little tequila shot here, there, right? And, I, and we're there and it's like boom, boom, pow, and I'm dancing. It's like this tent. <laughs> I'm like hot and my, so I'm sweating and it's starting to get like, but here's the thing. You never know in life when you're going to run into your mentors, and it's always those times when you're like really like going for it. That is, and so uh, for some reason Fergie pulls Demi up on stage. Demi's always the first one to get pulled on stage wherever right, we no go to the yeah. thing. I'm like, well, now I got to go. Like well, she's going to, up, yeah. and I'm up there, and I'm like, you know, I'm getting down, dancing, 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 and I look to the right, and I'm like, oh my god, it's George Lucas, and and I'm like, what? The guy who invented Star Wars is standing right, right next to me, and I'm like. <laughs> And I'm like, and I start dancing a little bit robot-y, and I'm like, I don't know, like, is, I'm like, is this gonna, I don't know, like, what, what do you do to impress the droid? And I'm like, hi, George Lucas, I'm a really big fan, and he stays like this tall, and he's sort of just kind of like, re I don't know what, he was like terrified on stage, I don't think he wanted to be there, and, it, and, and he was like, hi, how are you, and, and I'm like, I, I, I'm really good, George Lucas. And then I got scared, and then I jumped off of the stage. Wow. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, we know what Demi Moore was doing up on the stage. We know what Ashton Kutcher was doing on the stage. What is the notorious GL doing on stage <laughs> with Fergie and the Black Eyed Peas, for God's sake? Well, that's how you know Ashton was telling the truth, because he said when he looked over at George, George looked terrified. And you know... Talk about a fish out of water. You put George Lucas up on stage with the black eyed peas. Of course, he's going to look terrified. I don't know. He, he showed up at those hip hop awards, Jim. <laughs> so that's a very cool story, though. Uh, George yeah. Lucas, you know, and what's really funny is that Ashton thought he was going to impress George by doing the robot. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, he did Star Wars. Check this out. Right. I, I don't think how that really went over uh, all that well, but uh, hilarious story. Droid, Ashton. You know, <laughs> yeah, <I'm not laughs> he just said he was doing the droid. All right, we got one more here. Uh, this comes uh, from Mike. Mike sends us an email who says, uh, hey, Jim. Jason and Jimmy, I was playing through the PSP game Prinny, Can I Really Be a Hero? The point of which is to complete levels in order to obtain ingredients for, quote, the ultimate dessert. And I stumbled upon a pretty awesome Star Wars reference. To my surprise, out of nowhere, drops a boss named Darth Moab. Vader references surely followed. Here's a link. He sent me the link. I checked out the video, and this is a funny Star Wars and pop culture reference. I've been waiting for you, Explody One. The circle is now complete. <laughs> Dessert pirate dude! You're not gonna eat me, are you? Ew, of course not. I find your lack of taste disturbing. <laughs> 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 
You're not a pirate after all, dude! You are unwise to lower your defenses. Crap, dude! The sauce is weak with this one. <laughs> the dessert will be completed on schedule. <laughs> but if he could be churned, he would make a powerful stir-fry. <laughs> Don't underestimate the farce. I have you now. That's great. Now, was that a montage that you put together, Jim, or was this, that's all one continuous clip? Yeah, it was a, a cut scene from the game Prinny, which is a game I've yeah. never heard of, but it, it looks hilarious. And, and uh, we hear that it's an incredibly difficult video game as well, but you can find that clip on YouTube. Really funny stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it, it, thanks very much to uh, Mike and company who sent our uh, Star Wars and pop culture references for this week. If you've got one, you could send it to us, forecast at forecast.net. Subject line, pop culture. I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. All right, Star Wars back in the Super Bowl. Well, kind of. Volkswagen announced that it's bought two Super Bowl ads for its 2012 Beetle and Passat and has partnered with Lucasfilm to promote the latter. The two 30-second spots will appear during the second and fourth quarters of Super Bowl... What is it, Jim? I'm not good with my Roman numerals. 49? 48? No, no, I think it's 45. 45, I don't know. Super Bowl 2011, according to Volkswagen. Accompanied by John Williams' iconic Imperial March, the Passat spot features the most infamous villain in the galaxy, a pint-sized Darth Vader, Hey, who uses the Force when he discovers the all-new 2012 Passat in the driveway. So they're not giving us a whole lot of detail here, but two big commercials in the uh, Super Bowl for Volkswagen. Now, the Beetle, they've been teasing forever. Uh, they got a big promotion going on with Oprah. They're totally redesigning it. Uh, but the Passat, that's the one that has the Darth Vader in it. So Yeah. yeah. So it's really cool. I mean, uh, you know, this is going to be happening during Super Bowl 45. Of course, the Super Bowls are always well known for uh, their commercial breaks as much as they are the actual game itself. It's the only reason well, I watch it, Jim, quite honestly. For me and, and, and uh, a lot of uh, football widows and widowers, it's why we watch it. And uh, we uh, received a couple of stills from the commercial itself featuring that pint-sized Darth Vader. Looks a lot like Darth Stewie. And um, we featured uh, a couple of those stills on our Forcecast Facebook page. So be sure to check it out if you want to see what it looks like before you actually see the spot itself. And also it gives you another good reason to uh, play Slug Bug anytime you see Darth Vader with the 501st. Just walk up to him and give him a good sharp punch on the uh, arm and see how well that goes over. No, no, don't do that. You know, I I'm was just... thinking when, when I first saw this story that uh, the history of Star Wars and the Super Bowl, and I, I, I want to say that one of the prequel films had a premiere trailer during the Super Bowl. Am I remembering this right? No, I don't think, I don't think that's the case. I do recall there being some Pepsi commercials that debuted during that's the Super Bowl. Yes, yes, yes. You know, right prior to um, the release of either the special editions. No, I think it was episode prequels. one. I think it was could episode have been, one, yeah. Could have been episode one. But, um, yeah, this is not a first for uh, Star Wars in the Super Bowl. But uh, we're going to get a fresh Star Wars 
TV spot debuting during the Super Bowl. So that's very cool. Right. Uh, Also, now we talked about this, uh, I don't know how many weeks back, we were kind of speculating whether or not uh, Lucasfilm and um, the folks at um, uh, Lucasfilm Publishing, Lucas Books, would do anything to commemorate the 20th anniversary of Heir to the Empire. And it turns out that, yes, indeed, there will be a special edition of the novel that really kicked off the modern EU, although, Jim, you and, you and I talked about this before. You really kind of attribute the West End Games uh, role-playing game as sort of the, the springboard for the modern expanded universe. I kind of credit it to Timothy Zahn's uh, Heir to the Empire and the whole uh, uh, Thrawn trilogy. Uh, but at any rate, you can take your own side there. But on uh, June 21st, 2011, this will be re-released in hardcover. This is Timothy Zahn's uh, Heir to the Empire. This is the first of the, of the three uh, book uh, series. And it's kind of cool. They're going to do some new things here. There's going to be commentary-style annotations throughout the book uh, from Timothy Zahn and others involved. Uh, a new introduction by Timothy Zahn. A reflective platinum-colored jacket that will overlay a special version of the original cover art. And, Joe, I don't know about you, but that cover art has a special place in my heart because I remember the where I was, what bookstore I was when I first saw it, and it was like, new Star Wars? Seriously? Also included Crisis of Faith, a new novella by Timothy Zahn that features the one and only Grand Admiral Thrawn that'll also uh, be included in this big 20th anniversary edition. And it got me thinking, Jim, I hope that we get an unabridged new audiobook version oh. of Air of the Empire because the only one that's previously been um, available is an abridged version. Right, and, and of course I remember the original version was uh, read by none other than Dennis Lawson, Wedge Antilles himself. Right. And he did an admirable job, but we've been getting kind of spoiled here with the likes of Mark Thompson, Jonathan Davis, some guys who've really made their mark on Star Wars audiobooks and I would love to hear them do their, you know, give a take of uh Heir to the Empire. Now, you know who I want to you know who I want to do it? Who? James Arnold Taylor. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Especially that opening scene when Ben appears to Luke and he says that this will be one of the last times he sees him. Yes, yes. Yeah. That now that is one of the great all-time EU moments, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it it get it gets me choked up when I read it. Boy, I I remember when that book came out and just the experience of reading it. One of the reviews I read for that book was when you read the chapters, you almost hear John Williams music mm-hmm. as you're reading it. And that is so true. That first I mean, that was your first real step into the EU, as you said before, Jason, as far as in a novel form. Mm-hmm. And it really did capture the faster, more intense speed of Star Wars. It had the Star Wars attitude. It had the Star Wars freshness. And that's why it goes down with as one of the greatest all-time EU novels ever, because it also wasn't bogged down by years right. and years of EU contradictions in history. And, yeah. and that's something that really made it a very special experience. It was Star Wars' big splash, its big return. I remember all my friends were speculating, these are going to be the next movies. This is episode <laughs> 789. Yeah. I heard George Lucas say that. This is going to be the next, you know, I mean, 
it every week. People have heard George week. Lucas say a lot of things, you know, <laughs> especially when it comes to seven, eight, and nine. Um, but yeah, no, no doubt. I, I, I was saying I remember exactly, you know, where I was and what the display looked like in the Walden books. Uh, when this book came out and it was like, is this for real? Seriously, this is, oh my God, it, this is, this isn't the Lando adventures. This is not the Han Solo adventures. This is really, it had a, it had a sense of authority about it. It had a sense of being definitive. Um, and like you said, it it was not bogged down by all of the, uh, the continuity of, of what we have currently. And I really wish that we've talked about this before that Lucasfilm and Lucas publishing would have paced themselves better with the books. I really wish that they all now, not all are going to have the same splash as something like heir to the empire, but if it was just one a year or one, every couple of years to where they could make very meaningful, meaningful uh, contributions to the star Wars saga, instead of it just being like a, you know, a factory, just churning out one right after the other one right after the other. So, um, but I'll always remember that you, know, you were saying like a more innocent time when we were all reading this and we were all experiencing it together at the same time. Um, yeah. And I don't think we'll ever see a time like that. I, the other I, one that comes to mind is, is Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. I, I just remember Heir to the Empire. I could not put the book down. It just com- it, it, it had me in its grip. And some of the visuals like Lando Calrissian's mining facility – and and the ships, those, gosh, they were like umbrella-like ships that would guide other spaceships down to the mining facility because the sun was so hot on this planet they were at. This mining facility had a bunch of feet underneath it, and it would move according to the sun's rotation, so it always stayed on the dark side of the planet. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, really great stuff. So look for that hitting bookstores June 21st, 2011. Uh, hardcover book, uh, hardcover edition. I really wish they would have been able to get uh, George to say something on the um, as a as sort of a an intro into the. I mean, who knows? This the the details are still forthcoming. Maybe there will be uh, a remark by George. But uh, you know, he's on. He's moved on to the Clone Wars, and uh, certainly the live action series is still in the planning stages. So he's he's not like. He needs to rely on authors like Timothy Zahn, uh, you know, to continue the Star Wars universe as he once had. Um, but still, there's that uh, there's that sense that this book is and that trilogy is separate from from the rest for for whatever reason. Maybe that's just me. All right, for those of you looking forward to the release of Star Wars Lego Three, the wait just a little bit longer. The original release date February fifteenth pushed back March twenty second. And this is the Clone Wars uh, style um, depiction of the characters. So it's it's like, uh, you know, the Clone Wars meets Lego, uh, which is nothing new to collectors. Uh, that's, of course, have been uh, familiar for quite some time. But as far as a video game, it's it's brand new. And what's really cool about it is that not only is it the likenesses of the Clone Wars cast, but also their voices. And there's a great video available online. You can check it out. I think we have the, the link at uh, theforce.net where uh, David Collins, LucasArts voice director, talks about getting the uh, cast together for, uh, for the video game. It is oddly freeing to have no dialogue to have to follow. And they just let their imagination go. And I got to say, the actors that we brought in, they were just really great sports about it because... You have to really surrender to the process and just be willing to make yourself look foolish. 
So what he's talking about is really there's no script. They're just kind of grunting. <laughs> and uh, those of you who've played the previous Lego games, you know what we're talking about. There's not a whole lot of dialogue, uh, but a whole lot of, uh, 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 but of course, can't have anybody else doing Ahsoka's grunts. You got to have Ashley Eckstein. You got to have Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker. And uh, there's a great uh, uh, montage in the video of, uh, of all of these grunts and groans. That was so unladylike. <laughs> <laughs> This is goofy. <laughs> Not a bad gig, huh, Jim? Not a bad gig. <laughs> D. Bradley Baker always having a good time, especially when it comes to doing voices. Jason, remember when we were walking over to Ashley's fashion show and we were walking with D through the uh, convention center there at C5 and he was just making all these weird noises. I mean, just the guy is such a talent and I don't know anyone else in the world who possesses the sound effects factory <laughs> that that guy has internally. I mean, it's incredible the, the, the sounds he can make. We of course are all familiar with his infamous cricket sound, <laughs> which never, never fails which to I, I, I think and amaze. Yeah, I think I hear that every time we lose your connection. <laughs> I hear those <laughs> Baker's cricket. Oh, anyway, well, it's a great video. You got to check it out. And um, it's very cool to see those guys clowning around in the studio. And Ashley, uh, of course, always a lady and, and uh, having fun, but slightly uncomfortable with some of the sounds she had to make there. But really cool stuff. Uh, so, yeah, Star Wars Lego 3 pushed back originally February 15th, going to go... Uh, on sale March 25th, which, incidentally, for those of you uh, video game fans out there, it's the same day, I guess, as the Nintendo 3DS is available in store. So I don't know if there's some uh, coincidence there or not. Some of the game sites are saying that maybe there's uh, something to be gleaned from that. But at any rate, it's going to be available. And if you're a fan of the other two, I'm sure you won't be disappointed with this one. However, that is not the only LucasArts title that is being delayed. The Old Republic. Looks like it's not going to get a spring release, although nothing has been confirmed, and that's really kind of the story of this game's life, Jim. Nothing's ever confirmed. It's all rumor and innuendo and, and hearsay. Uh, but it's looking like not going to happen this spring, probably sometime around September. Now, I'm not a betting man. But <laughs> I think I know where you're going with, with this. I, I wanted, know where you're going with this. If I wanted to capitalize on a huge, huge day for Star Wars fans, I might roll this out around the time that the entire saga hits Blu-ray. I right. might. And uh, I wouldn't, you know, yep. we talked about this before. I would not be surprised if uh, this is the release date for that as well as probably something else available for uh for your consoles, um, they do like, and I think I even mentioned uh, probably Clone Wars Season 3 available end of uh, September. Again, 
despite what we've heard from Amazon when it comes to the um, the Blu-ray release of the saga and the the two box sets for the original trilogy and prequel trilogy, nothing official from Lucasfilm, but uh, they were they were claiming a September twenty fifth date, right? Was it Amazon that was claiming September twenty fifth? Is that the date? Is that the date we reported last week? I don't know. That was an unconfirmed date. Um, I'd have to look at the notes from last week. Well, let's see. What does it say? Of course, I can't find it out. September 27th. September yeah, 27th. Yeah, so that seems like maybe a, a likely date for uh, the Old Republic MMO to go online officially. Now, it's, be, you know, it's being beta tested. You can find out all the details at the official site. Um, but there's been no official statements as far as release date. Um, it was anticipated. It was thought that it was going to happen in the spring. But uh, it looks not to be the case. They did release a new trailer. A trailer they've dubbed Flashpoints. And Jim, I don't know if you had a chance to look at this trailer. It's been a while since I've seen or taken the time to go back and look at a uh, Old Republic trailer. I got a little spoiled, I have to tell you. The cinematic trailers are a lot different than some of these uh, smaller trailers that they're releasing. Uh, so, I, I, you know, again, I'm not a big gamer, certainly not uh, an, an MMORPG guy or whatever. So it was kind of shocking to me to click through for the Flashpoints trailer and not see something as incredible as those couple of cinematic trailers that we've seen. We were treated, you know, that received big screen treatment at the uh, at the Star Wars events. Uh, they they seemed like you know movie trailers, but this one's not not quite of the same of the same caliber. Um, but still, if you're if you're anticipating this game, certainly something you might want to check out. Now, last week we said that there were a number of rumors circulating that this was probably not going according to plan and that uh, the game was over budget, that uh, folks in the industry were already kind of declaring it dead before it even arrives. We got an email from uh, Forcecast listener Aaron. He says, hey, guys, I just wanted to let you know that all of the crazy rumors about the Old Republic MMO are very exaggerated. One thing to consider is that any MMO is a massive financial investment. Having an absurdly high budget is not unusual. MMOs, if successful, make their money back easily because of the monthly subscription fees. It's one thing to charge $10 for one ticket to a movie, but $15 per month per user over several months gives a lot more profit. While that's certainly a huge investment for the consumer, other MMOs have proven that people are perfectly willing to pay that for a quality product. As for the game's quality, the company behind it, BioWare, is the undisputed master of modern story-driven role-playing games, such as the original KOTOR and the Mass Effect series. Star Wars Galaxies, which was not made by BioWare, failed because it was just a terrible game. It's an easy thing to target uh, Star Wars The Old Republic in an article. It's the most highly anticipated MMO in history. Its popularity can only go down from here. Let's all take a deep breath and stay hopeful. Aaron, you have a, I tell you, you've got a career in uh, Lucasfilm PR there. If, <laughs> I, <don't>, I mean, <laughs> the spin doctor. I mean, to tell you, I mean, it, it, if, if I didn't think, um, if I didn't know any better, I would swear that uh, Aaron was working for the man here, but uh, very well, very well worded and very, 
well thought out. I have no idea. I mean, I don't really, I don't really, I follow Star Wars. That's what I know. I know Star Wars. I don't know the ins and outs of the gaming industry. I know it's a whole niche unto itself. And inside of that, when you start talking about these big, massive online role-playing games, it's a whole other story. But what we're being told is that the game, you know, huge budget. Joe, I think we're thrown around like, what, $300 million was one of the was one of the numbers that was being thrown around. I mean, just insane amounts of money. And it's just hard to imagine them being able to make that back, uh, especially when, as we covered it last time, a number of the, uh, of the big online games uh, have switched to a, uh, a free model. Right. So, you know, everybody's going so, after, you know, World of Warcraft. That's the big, that's the big mm-hmm. Goliath out there. And, you know, Star Trek has its own uh, role-playing game, I believe, that uh, has launched. And uh, Star Wars also looking to take a chink out of the uh, Warcraft armor. I mean, if any franchises can do it, certainly Star Trek and Star Wars, uh, especially Star Wars, uh, it certainly has a fighting chance. But, uh, and I, you know, like I said, it's, it's not my thing. I don't really know. But, um, you know, Aaron writes and says that this is, uh, this is par for the course for these big games. And, yeah, I mean, he, takes the, he has the right philosophy. Let's just wait and see. But uh, anyway, the, the, the production, you know, the, the, the production videos and the trailers and all that. I mean, there's, there's a ton of great information available on the official site for the game if you're, if you're really into following it. But uh, when I saw a trailer, like I said, I was just thinking something a little bit on a larger scale, something a little bit more epic. And this just didn't have that, that epic feeling for me. But mm. Anyway, well, I think what we're seeing is like actual footage from the game itself, as opposed to those trailers, which are um, promotional tools and not from the actual game itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean these were. I mean, some of it, yeah, was definitely actual gameplay. Some of it was sort of like the the cinematics, um, but uh, it just none of it was on the scale of of what we saw before. But I think you're right, Jim. I think that those were certainly crafted and developed uh, specifically to promote the game and you know it's not something that you're actually going to see as a as a player in the game so yeah, anyway but i appreciate i i do appreciate aaron for weighing in because uh he certainly seems to know a lot more about mmos specifically star wars mmos like galaxy and um you know me and jason we uh don't kid ourselves and try to pass ourselves as experts in video games or mmos it's just uh we're just looking at the uh, feedback we're seeing through various articles online and through inside sources. Like if you remember last week, there was that that guy who went by E.A. Laos, who was uh, the one telling us that the only thing that was really successful from the uh, Knights of the Old Republic game was the soundtrack. And he's also the one that we can uh, contribute the uh, figure of $300 million for this game, which is you know, my God, a lot of money to spend. But again, as we did say last week, you know, can't believe every every rumor you hear. And uh, let's just, as Aaron says, let's just wait and see. All right. Uh, if you were at Celebration 5, you might have heard about a new documentary about the famous and talented movie poster artist Drew Struzan. Drew, the man behind the poster. Well, that documentary is nearly completed, according to StarWars.com. Uh, there's a new guy taking over there, uh, Jeff Yorks. Uh, Jeff joined the team uh, behind the documentary this past fall. And what was interesting to Star Wars fans, of course, Drew Struzan, 
uh, did all of the uh, the re-release, the special edition posters, and all of the uh, the prequel uh, one sheets, as well as uh, Indiana Jones. And he's just his his handiwork is all over Hollywood and, and made some of the most iconic uh, film posters of all time. And this was talked about at Celebration Five, and there's actually footage of the notorious GL um, walking through the halls. I'm I'm assuming at Lucasfilm where he's uh, pointing out various uh, works by uh, Mr. Struzan and talking about his impact on the uh, on the craft on 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 the industry. Also, Harrison Ford, Steven Spielberg, and uh, a number of other uh, notables taking part in the documentary. Um, but there hasn't been a whole lot of word as to when this thing is finally uh, coming out. But uh, according to StarWars.com, it's on its way. It's coming. It's coming. So um, we'll find out hopefully more about that uh, as uh, the weeks go by. And you can also check out, take a look. There's links at uh, the StarWars.com story for uh, more information. Uh, don't forget about the book, The Art of Drew Struzan from Titan Books, still available. But it might be nice to see it as a documentary. I, I, I got to tell you, I mean, I'm, when I saw the little uh, kind of trailer that they showed for us at Celebration 5, it, looked, it actually looked really interesting. So it looks like something I might want to check out. So anytime you get folks like Harrison and yep. George sitting around talking about, yep. you know, <laughs> somebody that they admire, uh, it's, it's worth listening to for sure. Yeah, I, I believe Harrison put it best when he said, Wow, yeah, Drew Susan, of course, is incredible uh, with the way he does uh, <laughs> uh, film posters. And, uh, or some, yeah, the Indiana Jones and uh, Star Wars. Uh, who cares? <laughs> I, I think that's a direct quote. It's amazing. Uh <laughs> All right, you know, I gotta, I gotta say, poor Lucasfilm. I mean. Yeah, poor Lucasfilm. I mean, they got they got the Blu-ray coming out, but they can't say when. It's coming out in September. You got they got pushback on the on the Lego Star Wars three. You got the MMO hanging out there. No, no release date on that. We're assuming September. You got this Drew Struzan documentary, StarWars.com, running a story that it's nearly complete. <laughs> right, right. A, you know, there's a whole lot of. Uh, uncertainty out there. I mean, we know there's a lot of cool stuff coming. We just can't tell you exactly when there's nothing to put on your calendar yet. So anyway, uh, don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Oh, yes. Forget squishy. Star Wars squishies. Right. You know, I have forgotten about that. I actually have forgotten about that. I've just it's it's out of my mind. I'm thinking about like, oh, when are we going to hear the next? Update on the live action series. I think we're going to see, hear from Squishies a lot sooner than we're going to hear about live action, unfortunately. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Last week we uh, we talked about how MTV.com was going to be the source for the uh, big announcement from Dark Horse about their latest Star Wars title, and uh, it's yes. they all they would say. Pardon me. All that Randy Stradley would say is that. It was not Yoda, right? right? It involved a beloved Star Wars character, not Yoda. Right. And not Yoda. Uh, what was the third one? He had three. I can't remember what the no, third that was one it. was. No, that that's was just all it. Said. All right, it. just those two things. That's the, be a beloved Star so, Wars character, but not Yoda. We speculated. So instantly, instantly, yes. Speculation instantly turned to uh, Kitster, 
and Ben Quadraneros. <laughs> right. Uh, but no, no, we, we actually did have our, our, uh, our choices. Uh, we were, uh, I was leaning toward Han Solo. And I said Lando. So Jimmy was all about Han Solo. I said Lando. Turns out we're both wrong. And this story was timed very well because this was announced last Friday. And of course, that was the premiere of uh, the Clone Wars episode in which Liam Neeson reprised his role as Qui-Gon Jinn. And wouldn't you know it? That's right, friends. The new Dark Horse title involves Qui-Gon. It centers around Qui-Gon. Beloved. 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 You say beloved. I say beloved. Oh. Oh. Immortal beloved. What? <laughs> Anyway, beloved, the uh, <laughs> the full title of the of the series Star Wars Jedi: The Dark Side, featuring a story by Scott Ali and art by Mahmoud Asrar and Stefan Rue, does follow the tales of Jedi Master Qui Gon Jinn as he's dispatched to prevent a civil war on the homeworld of Xanatos. The Padawan he trained before Obi-Wan Kenobi. So we get to see Qui-Gon pre-Obi-Wan with Xanatos. Right. And I believe Xanatos is a character from the uh, young reader novels. Uh, The, um, oh gosh, I don't remember the name of those novels. They featured uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and they were set in the years prior to The Phantom Menace. Yeah, there's a nice interview with... um, with uh, 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 Steph, or not Stefan, with Scott Ali uh, over at MTV.com. We'll have the, there's the, the links available at theforce.net. And they ask him about the desire to tie things into the movie universe. They ask, mm-hmm. will we see any of the other popular staples of the Star Wars films? The Sith, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Ali says, no, Sith. No, for the Star Wars movie stuff to be meaningful, it has to be special, and the Sith can't be popping up in every story. Yoda's in the first issue, giving the mission to the Jedi who are about to set out. There are a bunch of Jedi Council members who would have been around at this time, and something you don't know from watching the movies, but you find out if you dig into the expanded universe, is that Qui-Gon was actually trained by Count Dooku. My kid loves Count Dooku, and I love Christopher Lee, so it's cool that I'm dealing with Christopher Lee's character. He'll play into the story at some point. Mace Windu and Yoda and others were around at that time, too. So certainly we'll see a lot of those heavyweights, um, but might be interesting to get this other tale, uh, the other side of Dooku. Presumably this happens before Dooku's fall. Yeah. So uh, no Sith, no Darth of the Week. Right, which is nice, which is nice. Uh, Let's see. I don't, this particular story, I don't think has a release date uh, of when we're going to see this, but that's okay. Because all you have to do is listen to the great Jedi journals here at the Forcecast Network and the team of uh, Jovial J. Shepard and Chris Wyman will have all the details on this. We just wanted to sort of whet your appetites. So, oh, May 18th. There we go. May 18th. Just scroll down, Jason. Uh, number one of five. This is a five-part miniseries, which is becoming a little bit more common with Dark Horse. They're not doing or at least committing to these uh, these larger series that just go on and on and on. A lot of miniseries. And, yeah, uh, and that's the way they used to do it. That's the way they used to do it in the old times prior to the prequels. Yeah. 
which I think is is better for folks that are kind of new to it. Uh, they feel like that they have uh, the possibility of attracting more newcomers to the titles. So anyway, like I said, uh, check out Jedi Journals. Uh, the next episode, actually, that's going to be popping out here on ForceCast.net pretty soon, right, Jim? It might even be tomorrow. Ah, wow. That tomorrow, is- uh, today's Tuesday, um, so uh, it could be coming out Wednesday uh, for our live audience, so be sure to be checking your feeds, and uh, it'll show up. Check the ForceCast app. All right, and uh, Russell Crowe? In the prequels? <laughs> this is kind of interesting. This showed up on the Force.net. Um, an Australian morning show called Sunrise interviewed Russell Crowe recently about his new movie, The Next Three Days, in which he stars alongside Liam Neeson. Anyway, during the course of the interview, Crowe says that George Lucas rang him and offered him a role in the prequels, but he never heard back. And we got a clip. I got a call from George Lucas one day, you know, and he said, would you like to play a character in Star Wars? And apparently he's supposed to say yes. Um, I said, what's the character? And I never heard from him again. (laughs) (laughs) And my kids now, I told them that story the other day, and my son Charlie looks at me like, what sort of idiot are you? It's George Lucas, man. You don't ask questions. What is wrong with this man? What is wrong with this man? He needs, you know, Sam Jackson lobbied for the role. He didn't care what it was. He didn't care even if you saw his face on the screen as long as he knew he was in that suit, in that armor, whatever it was. He didn't care. He didn't care. No. No. Now, now this immediately begs the question, what character do you think George asked him to play? Or, yeah, or it's hard to imagine. I'm trying to, to think, like, Russell Crowe, when did Gladiator come out? 2000. 2000. All right. So this is pre-Gladiator. This is pre- yes. this phone call would have been like 98, 97, 98. We're assuming this 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 is predates episode one, right? I think uh, this was specifically for episode two, which makes me think he wanted him to play the character of Jangle Fett. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What makes yeah. you think this was for episode well, two? Because I saw the whole story. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so, uh, I think that Russell solves Crow that mystery. <laughs> I think he would have been a fantastic Jango Fett. Not to take anything away from Tim Morrison, who is perfect, but next time, you know, post the whole from... story. <laughs> How about but, I mean, that? Just, just judging from um, his uh, his portrayal of the the lead character in Gladiator, which had a Boba Fett-esque vibe, if you ask me. I've seen Gladiator many times. I've not seen it 500 times, but I've <laughs> seen it a lot of times. And and I think that Russell Crowe would have been a fantastic Django Fett. <laughs> Sorry, Skype's playing tricks with your audio there, Jim. <laughs> oh, is it? You, what, you're not hearing me? No, it just... Yeah. I heard you. It just, it slowed it down. And you were like, and I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, that's not Skype. That's me. (laughs) Oh, all right. I should have known. I should have (laughs) known. All right. Well, anyway, imagine him as Django Fett. 
yeah, I think he probably I think he probably would have really worked in that role. I mean, he has a similar kind of body tape and physicality of of a Tam Morrison. So yeah, I don't think it's much of a stretch at all. But here's the moral of this story. George Lucas calls you up and asks if you're interested in playing a part in the new Star Wars. You don't ask him what part. <laughs> you think Ashton Kutcher, when he was standing on stage with Fergie, if Lucas would have said, hey, you want to be in my new movie? He'd have asked what role? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, oh, you know what? Hey, we just got a little message here from our buddy Paul Bateman. And uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to share this, but he says uh, he heard rumors of Russell being offered the part of a Jedi. In fact, they even did some concept art using his uh, his likeness. Oh, I seem to remember that. Huh. Hmm. Thanks for the tip, Paul. I seem to remember that from. Yeah, from one of the uh, one of the art of books. I, I seem to recall that. Yeah. All right, finally, this last story here. I, I love this. I love this. You know, we're getting close to Valentine's Day. It's, it's next week. And so things are kind of, uh, kind of uh, pointing towards the romantic side. And according to a recent study by LA Weekly, this comes from the uh, Pop Watch blog over at entertainmentweekly.com. A recent study where UCLA students were found to have gender-specific and frequently baffling tastes in what movies to watch before getting, well, you know, frisky, right? Yes, yes. According to the survey, 21% of women said The Notebook was the best movie to watch before indulging in adult activities, we'll say. (laughs) (laughs) While 35% of men, that's right, you guessed it, Star Wars. I just assume he's a Wookiee. Ah, use a good kiss. Let's get on. You're trembling. Let's love, baby. Not trembling. Let's get it on. I like the sound of that. Super. Let's get it on. I thought that we had decided not to fall in love. I just I cracked up when I saw this story because I just I can't imagine this. Uh, I I mean I will say this: there are times, Jim, and you've probably you got a you got a cool wife too. Where is your wife ever thrown like a just out of the blue a Star Wars reference at you? And it's almost like you know in the old Adams family when Gomez hears Tish speak French, it just drives you wild, right? Yeah, instant aphrodisiac, (laughs) instant, right. So uh, I can I can kind of relate to this. I mean, uh, on a, on a certain level. Uh, so certainly it is true. Women are from Venus and men are from a galaxy far, far away. Uh, interesting. And other nominees for the respective sexes, according to this poll, eight percent of women thought Titanic was ideal uh, for uh, getting in that special mood. Five percent of the fellas thought American Pie was. <laughs> If this isn't just the best illustration of the difference between the sexes, other suggestions from women included Cruel Intentions, Boogie Nights, American Psycho, and Shrek. Shrek! (laughs) Who are these women sleeping with? That's what I... 
Jeez. Is that a Dianoga in your pants or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> the gentleman. Titles like 300. Mm, about that. Saw, Anchorman, Boogie Nights, and Who Framed Roger? <laughs> Who fra- well, of course, Saw. Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, Saw. That's a weird one. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. I can understand. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. But Shrek? <laughs> anyway, very, very funny so. story. So, so Jim, I got to ask. I mean, does, does Star Wars put you in the mood? Works every time. <laughs> oh, you know what? I may have to try that this weekend. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> It's unthinkable. Hey, honey, what do you say we, uh, I don't know, watch Star Wars? What do you think? <laughs> Let's get it on. Like, why are you in your underwear? I, I, I don't know. It's... <laughs> All right. Our very final story. You know, it's the one that just doesn't fit anywhere else. This is great. This is great. This is getting back to the roots of the outrageous, unthinkable story, because it is, of course, a story from, where else? The UK. Oi! (laughs) Now get this. Get this. Here's the headline. Darth Vader charged with train fare dodging. A Star Wars fan who legally changed his name to Darth Vader has been named and shamed, shame, shame, by a train company this week for failing to pay for his ticket on a recent journey Vader, that is his legal name. It says that he changed his name for charity to coincide with the release of the Phantom Menace film in 1999. But it is 2011. (laughs) In fact, his driver's license expires June 21, 2012. I know because I'm looking at this. Although this is his Security Industry Authority license. It expires June 21st, 2012, and it, yes, D period Vader. I guess he thought that, you know, the Darth would just be over the top. But at, at, yeah. at any rate, <laughs> he was caught without a ticket by London Midlands trains. And when he gave conductors his name, they were reluctant to believe him. No. <laughs> what is your name, Wanka? <laughs> D Vader. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but here, this is where it gets really good. And I feel bad laughing about this. I do. because Sure you do. Because this is no laughing matter. But basically what happens is the guy jumped on the train. He didn't have a ticket. He had to get home because Mm -hmm. there was was an emergency in the house. Uh Uh-huh. His wife... What's her name? Sue Vader. (laughs) (laughs) Sue Vader was having an asthma attack. (laughs) 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 Yes. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
wait a minute, wait a minute. Before we start getting nasty emails from you, from folks in the audience that suffer with asthma, I know it's horrible. We are not making fun of the condition. No, we're, we're making pointing fun of Darth and two Vader. <laughs> we are just pointing out the irony. <laughs> 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 but you know what? Maybe. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We, it doesn't say this in the story, but maybe uh, Mark Noakes, who's the guy is to changed his name to Darth Vader to go inside for charity. Maybe it was like for some sort of, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the UK Asthma Association or something like who knows? Who knows? It might. It might. It might have been. He said, I'm a good law-abiding citizen, really, but I've got the name of the most evil man in the galaxy. <laughs> and he himself points out, it is quite ironic, really. <laughs> now, hold on. You know what? He's actually, now, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. He's a 41-year-old bouncer. He's a bouncer. So uh, you'd, you'd almost have to be, wouldn't you? To go around, you'd have to be a badass to go around yeah, with that name absolutely. and to be jumping on trains without tickets. But he said that he told the conductor when he jumped on the train that he would he would pay him, but um, the conductor said, "Well, you're going to have to pay a fine." He says, "I told him what my name was, and he seemed quite annoyed." <laughs> Your name is not Darth Vader, eh? And asked me again, "What's your name?" Puddentane. Uh, <laughs> Beetlejuice! <laughs> uh, he said he was going to ring British Transport Police to check up on him. And he says, obviously, I couldn't do anything to stop the conductor. He phoned the police to run a check on me and then apologized when they got back to him to say that, yes, I was genuine, but he still got a $387, or excuse me, 387 European dollar. I believe that's, is that, is that pounds or is that euros? I think that's euros. Whatever. Euros. Euros. Yeah. Anyway, it was a big fine. Got a big fine. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a dude that's just trying to get back to his wife who's having an asthma attack. But it turns out that, no, it was not actually an asthma attack. She just got that Hasbro Darth Vader helmet <laughs> stuck on her head. We're going to wrap things up a little bit early tonight due to the weather. Jim, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. I've, I've completely run out of Hoth references to make, so this is a good time to wrap up the show. We will be back next week with all new Forcecast plus a double roundtable where we're going to look at Overlords and this week's episode of The Clone Wars, Altar of Mortis. Great panel. Great panel to join us from LucasArts, David Collins, and making his return to podcasting, at least for us. Yes, it's the artist formerly known as Big Honkin, 
You heard it right, friends. Steve Glosson will be joining us. He'll be returning to the Forecast, and we're real happy to be having him back. Yeah, no doubt about it. Great to uh, great to be having Steve back. So that's next week. If you'd like to be part of the show, lots of ways you can join us. Email forcecast at forcecast.net. You can drop us a voicemail at 330-754-05FC. That's 330-754-05FC. Don't forget about our Twitter feed, twitter.com slash forcecast, and our Facebook fan page. Great way to keep up with what's going on with the Forcecast, especially with our live shows. Preview what's coming up. Also, photos of Jimmy's Star Wars room. We can see if he's got anything else backwards. <laughs> the ever-growing collection. And, uh, yeah, if you if you uh, want to check it out and spot anything that might be uh, a little askew, please let me know. Check us out, uh, the official Forcecast fan page. And uh, remember, just because it's incorrect doesn't mean it's not canon. It's Mac canon. <laughs> And iTunes, that's uh, probably the, one of the best ways to make sure that you get just about each and every episode of the Forcecast. Just go into the iTunes store, search for Forcecast, and you can subscribe and leave us a review. If you haven't reviewed the show in a while, please consider doing that. Make it good. <laughs> that's always appreciated. And, of course, your home, your source for all things and everything Forcecast, our website, Forcecast.net. You can read our blog, check out our photos, our show archives. All the shows are there going way back. All the roundtables, our exclusive interviews, all the Galaxy of Music episodes, convention coverage, our forums, the editorials project, it's all there. Also, don't forget about the Forcecast smartphone app available for your iOS device, such as an iTouch or an iPhone and we've got it now available for Android. If you've got an Android phone, you can check it out in the Android marketplace. Appreciate it very much. That's it. We're out of here. Stay warm, guys. We love you all so much. We'll see you next time for The Force Cast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jimmy Mag. And remember, The Force will be with you always.